Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Rewind, the podcast that rewatches, reviews, and responds to every movie, show, and one-shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Al Rodriguez. I'm Tony Camarena. And I'm Alicia Thayer. And today we're talking about Agent Carter, Season 1, Episode 8, Valediction, which originally premiered on February 24th, 2015. In which Peggy faces a full fury of Leviathan as Howard Stark makes his return. Bum, bum, dun, dun, bum. Dun. I'm more scared about Howard Stark than Leviathan, to be quite right? honest. <laughs> what do you mean he comes he, back? He, um... he, he's biohazardous, so. <laughs> yeah, we, we've uh, seen what happens when he creates something also and, and doesn't, like, finish all the way. I know. Like, oh. Tony's a screw up. Right? So... <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, poor Tony. Uh, let's see his track record on saving the world. He he uh, fought off the aliens. Good for the first Avengers. Because his independent stuff doesn't count. He didn't really save the world in those. Mm-hmm. He um, almost destroyed the world with a robot. And then he lost in Infinity War. So he's a 1-2 record in saving the world. So Well, <laughs> he sort of lost in Infinity War. Like, technically he didn't. Oh, okay. In Infinity War, did I was thinking Civil War. Um, yeah, Infinity War, he lost because if he would be dead if Doctor yeah, Strange didn't yeah, save his ass. Say, yeah, no, he lost in Infinity War. I was thinking. <laughs> oh, Civil so War, glad we can speak about Infinity War now. All oh, right. <laughs> this won't oh, come finally. out after the fourteenth. Yeah, no, we're good. Yay! <laughs> so before we All go right. on, um. Just because I, I don't think I heard either of you say this. This is the season finale of Agent Carter. So just wanna yes, it is. Oh yeah, we didn't be a reminder that. on that one. Yeah, the end of season one of was I'm sure is many many seasons of Agent Carter. Oh yeah, but we'll we'll, we'll find out later. <laughs> no, we've got at least ten more episodes. But you know, it's like, like twelve. Pre- no, I yeah, I'm pretty sure there's only eighteen episodes of Carter. Because I check IMDb frequently when I'm doing this, uh, <laughs> watching these things. Um, yeah, but you know what? They're bringing back, if you guys ever watched Clone Wars, Star Wars Clone Wars, that they stopped after a few seasons. They're bringing that back to finish up the story. I'm hoping Disney decides to bring out back uh, Agent Carter. But we'll see. You know, just just kind of on a tangent, like talking about that stuff. Like, I, I really wish more shows would like get like a, a send off like a movie like a two hour thing or maybe yeah you know like a, a special episode just to wrap things up that'd be nice yeah, I mean, especially right? when uh, things get like abruptly canceled yeah sense eight got that on netflix and uh timeless is getting like a two hour thing which i need to catch up i'm one of the reasons it got canceled i watched the first season but I didn't watch the second season mm. <laughs> um al if i remember correctly didn't you like email a show for not ending or send a letter and then it did end and you just didn't know about it? So when I was, was at 13 and stupid? Uh, yes, <laughs> I did that for Alias. Uh, I remember seeing a commercial like, oh, in two weeks, we'll play the season finale. Like, oh, okay. Well, nothing next week. Cool. And then two weeks later, I watch and, and yeah, they, it, it was not the season finale apparently it actually had aired the week before so you know this was before it was very easy to just go online and, and find out when everything aired I, actually it probably was easy then i just wasn't <laughs> used to it but yes mm-hmm. yeah i was stupid about that huh? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. All right. Let's let's actually get to the show that we are scheduled to talk about. <laughs> um, we start off with our favorite thing ever in the show is the Captain America Adventure Hour. I think is the name of the show. Something's so stupid. Yeah. Where um, I, I'm never gonna like it. <laughs> I don't know if this comes back in season two. I honestly don't remember. I call either. I remember like a few very specific things from season two, but not much of it. But um, yeah, we get Cap's apparent death scene over the um Pacific Ocean in this, right. which is weird because like Cap's a historical figure, so wouldn't it be like dishonoring his memory to have him die a different way in a fiction? Like he died saving the world, and people they don't know want people going to look for his body. So they're saying that he died over the Pacific. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't seem like better it, in it either way. I mean, it's it's still over harsh area. Yeah, I mean, I get what Alicia's saying. They, if if people suspected Cap died in the Arctic, they would be going to search for him in the Arctic. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm more of like a disrespect thing. I mean, we don't. We don't have real heroes nowadays, which is actually pretty sad. But imagine it's like the 50s or 60s or whenever Gandhi died. And then they had the Gandhi Adventure Hour a year later and just had him <laughs> like <laughs> dying a different way. Which I don't know why he chose Gandhi. But yeah, it's like, um... Okay. It's probably because I knew why how Gandhi died, the assassination. I watched that movie a few weeks ago. But... Uh, it would be, I mean, this whole thing, the Captain America Adventure Hour is completely disrespectful to a real person. So. so this this made me actually really wonder, what does the public know about how Cap died? Like, like how much of his stories are actually known? Because up until now, like, we've seen, like, we, we even talked about, like, a few times it pops up as the, the comic book of Captain America. And, you know, they even sold the comics even after he dies because i think there was a, a scene tony you had mentioned like at the end yeah. of the captain america first avenger where they yeah, see a the, kid with a comic the last scene before they come to present day is kids pretending to be captain america and reading captain america comics and stuff like that with colson. So, pe- yeah, yes colson with his immortality serum mm-hmm. so anyway <laughs> i it really actually makes me question how much the public really does know about how he died. But at the same time, it's so close to what really happened. It's like they're, it's like they didn't want to say the real thing, but everyone knows it, but they want to dramatize it. And I, I it's, it, it was weird. Like how, how close and far off it was at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you get the sense a little bit that the whole like super soldier part at the beginning of Ca- the original Captain America was pretty much like the Manhattan Project, a super secret um, like uh, venture that the U.S. government did. But he became like the symbol for the American military. So people knew about it. I wonder how they what they knew about his powers, if they even they just thought he was a really awesome person like physically instead of getting it from a bottle a lot of stuff isn't adding up Hmm. yeah well anyway 
Uh, from there, <laughs> we go to the theater attack, which we see the aftermath of the attack from the end of the previous episode. Right. Oh boy, that was gruesome. Oh yeah, and that was gruesome. This aired at 8 p.m. when it originally aired. This is the kids are still watching this. I mean, this is kind of a kids. I mean, a younger skewing show, much more than Daredevil that we're going to get to in a few months. Yay! So, or Kingsman: The Secret Service. Yes, which. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. Was that an R-rated movie or PG-13? Oh, very R. Well, I think moderately R. Oh, now I'm going to look. I'm I'm pretty sure it's moderately R, but it's still R. I know (laughs) for sure the second one is R. I'm pretty sure the first one is. But anyway. Um... Yeah, so uh, they go in and they see these guys bloodied up. It was R. Yeah. And uh, Sousa, in typical SSR fashion, uh, mm-hmm. sprays himself in the face with the first chemical that he sees. Because he's a moron. <laughs> At least there was yeah. only one. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, he tries to kill the first person he sees, so luckily it was Thompson. And uh, Peggy, well, first gets punched in the face by Sousa, and then after trying to save Thompson, and then I think a cop knocks him out, Sousa. Um, I think Peggy probably felt like she should stand back a little bit and maybe see if Sousa could kill Thompson, because she's probably fed up with this bullshit. Right. <laughs> then we get the scene with uh, Donnie Yvchenko. Uh, getting pulled over because she ran a red light and is being very reckless for someone who's trying to stay under the radar. Right. Yeah, um, yeah I was wondering you... about that too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think if you're someone who's wanted by a government organization, but you're hiding in plain sight, you want to follow every law to the T so something like this does not happen. Well, it could be one of those like yellow lights that change to red and the cop just going to be a jerk. Yeah, but for me, if it were me, I would um always like try uh what they say air on the side of caution. I would mm-hmm. be overly cautious instead of oh, need to get through that yellow. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. I get it. But I, I I super think that scene was completely cliche. Like I totally knew that cop was gonna die. I was like they'll get past it the first part, and then Dottie's gonna have to kill him because he's, something's gonna happen to reveal that they're uh, they're not good guys. And I was like, ah, cliche is cliche. Yeah, but it's a misdirect. They play on your cliche because they don't kill him. They use they hypnotize him. Oh yeah, you're right. Because later he's the guy who gets that. Howard. Yeah, so they're using, yeah, they're using that what oh, you know as a cliche against you. Cop. You thought he was. Well, dead. he does die later. They still do yep. kill him. He does. <laughs> yeah, but he still dies. Damn it. <laughs> so I had a problem with that. Like, oh well, I'll, I'll bring it up later when we're talking about it. But like, the. So some of that didn't add up, but I'll I'll, I'll mention it later. Uh huh. Keep listening, folks. Um, when the cop initially um pulls her over, she says she's driving because you know it's probably um inappropriate for a woman to be driving or something like that. I don't know what sexist BS, but she gives the excuse why she's driving is because her uh father, Doctor Yevchenko, uh-huh. is blind in one eye. Where in the comic comics, uh, Faust, Doctor Faustus, who he is, is blind with oh. one eye. He has a giant scar. More comic stuff. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, as we said, uh, the cop, uh, he hears the um, description of who the SSR are looking for, and that's when we think the cop is dead, but apparently not. And then uh, we switch back to uh, Sousa and um, Peggy when Sousa wakes up from being knocked in the head. Um, he had a cognitive recalibration, yeah. as Clint and <laughs> Natasha say. No. Yeah, I mean, it's the only way to, when someone goes crazy, the only way to cure them is to mm-hmm. give them a concussion, apparently, in the MCU. And probably real life. I haven't had to do it, but I'm willing and waiting. Mm-hmm. Someday, someday it'll happen. Yeah, I'm pretty. Actually, I'm pretty sure that's how you cure a concussion. Um, tomorrow at work we're having like concussion safety and stuff like that. So I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to be teaching us. No. Oh, sounds like sounds like you're good. You don't even need to go. Right. Oh, like yeah. I feel like oh, that's a Back to the Future joke. I was going to say um, Indiana Jones in Back to the Future. Um, I know because Al's never seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, well, at the spoilers for a thirty-five-year-old movie or however old it is. Great, thanks. <laughs> uh, at the end of the first one, uh, Marty's dad punches out the bully, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second one, uh. Marty goes back in time to the uh, events of the first movie and to try to get something the bully stole. And he runs up after the bully's been knocked out and he goes, I know CPR! I know CPR! And CPR hasn't been invented yet. So some guy goes, what's CPR? And he punches the bully out again when he's recovering consciousness. It's like, that's CPR. And he runs away. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hey, just on a side note, how many Back to the Future movies were there? Two or three? Three. Oh, okay. I always thought there were two. Good to know. They filmed uh, the second and third one at the same time, so they're like the same movie. Like the Infinity oh. War. Yeah. Um. So we go from the cognitive recalibration to uh, the SSR briefing, uh, where we find out that Ivchenko has nine more canisters because, you know, Howard made at least one canister that they deployed and he hated it thought it was the worst thing ever so he proceeded to make 10 more made it. no i don't think he made it because uh the way they talk about it it sounds like uh that he made the first canister discovered what it did and then they made more and he hijacked the rest after they dropped the first one yeah that's kind of what it sounded like too okay i definitely didn't get that but it's more logical I... Yeah, because uh, he, he explains it by saying they, they his place got raided and they stolen all of his notes on it. Oh, I get it. How? And then he stole it back from the government? Yeah, he took it back from the government. So which he, is probably so he... why he punched the, the general or whatever the hell else. Okay, so he is a criminal. He did steal from the government. So yeah. he should be arrested. And Thompson <laughs> and Dooley have been right the whole time. Peggy Carter's a villain. I'm so glad I figured this out before the end of the season. <laughs> oh, that's good. You still have like 40 minutes of the episode left, too. Yeah, um, yeah. during the SSR briefing, uh, Howard and... Uh, I said Howard and Stark for some reason. Howard and Jarvis enter, and everyone immediately pulls their guns because they are supervillains. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hilarious that they're like, um, hi, uh, we're here. And they're like, how'd you get in here? He's like, 
Do you know who designs the White House security? Yeah. The same person. Oh, no. Do you know who designs the SSR security? And he goes, yeah. The same people that did the White House security. He's like, yeah. That should tell you something. And it's just like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so what you're telling me is yeah. Howard Stark could kill the president and nobody would know. Super villain! <laughs> Actually, I read this fact recently that in an early draft of uh, the original Iron Man movie, Howard was supposed to be a uh, supervillain. Oh, really? He was supposed to become Ironmonger in the movie and be the villain. But I'm so glad they did not do yeah, that. Yeah, me too. Because he's a much better character in the film. Oh, yeah, way better. Wow. That, that probably would have sucked. <laughs> right? Yeah. Actually, I I learned that researching for this because I looked up uh, um, Howard Stark on the uh, Marvel Wiki. But, um, yeah, Howard's there uh, to help out, and Jarvis is there to surrender immediately. He just puts his hand up. It's like, this is a terrible idea. Well, he knows. <laughs> he already did it once. It didn't work out then. Right? No. Almost got shot walking in the first time. Yeah, right? Um, so, yeah, Howard pretty much comes clean. He tells everything that happens. Uh, At the Battle of Fennel. Yeah, about the battle for now and all the other stuff. Uh, and he explains, finally explains the midnight oil, which is, I didn't realize they didn't really explain how it worked before because I think I'd been assuming we knew. Right. Canister, gas, attack yeah. people. Ta-da! Yeah. Uh, it was made to uh, keep people up longer and it just instantly drove them insane. Instead of like how it would really work, if people stayed up longer, where eventually they would go insane. Which reminds me of uh, Serenity, the Firefly movie. Mm. Have you seen that movie, Al? Yes, I have, of course. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I haven't. This, oh my god, have you seen Firefly? Yes, I have seen Firefly. I just have never watched Serenity. Oh my god. I know, um, fail on my part. Yeah, it really is. We need to watch that movie. Um... We'll do the double screening of Mary Poppins and um, <laughs> Firefly. <laughs> yes. Um, in Fire... Spoilers for Firefly, apparently, Alicia. Okay. Uh, they find out that they tried to... Um, the government in, Fire, in uh, Serenity tried to, like, pacify a whole planet they called Miranda. Mm-hmm. And what it did was it slowed, like, 99% of the people down to where they literally like stopped breathing and just froze wherever they were oh, wow. and the last one percent became the reavers who were like so crazy murderous and rapey they went out into the space and just murdered and raped everyone to death Yikes. so that yeah so it reminds me of uh, midnight oil because they became murdery and stuff <laughs> we also find out that general mcginnis stole the gas like we were saying right. which apparently stark took back so he even knew back then that he probably needed better security back then but didn't do anything right well they raided his house and he probably just thought it was notes and would be okay but probably learned after then would be like uh no yeah well he that afterwards that's when he made the safe yeah, which right. wasn't a very safe safe no evolved. you know maybe his one-liner at the beginning of this scene of you know hiring him for security wasn't actually uh that good maybe he was just boasting himself <laughs> a bit too much there well, yeah, apparently White House security is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and apparently that one Russian spy can uh, go get 
his shit out of a vault. Well, yes, because uh, he's uh, what's the phrase? A man whore. Yep, there it is. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He uh, is. Um, we also <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of time it takes him to remember something later. This is appalling. Yeah. Uh, we also find out some clues to things that happened so far back in the early in the season. I had forgot they happened. Like Leet Brandis, a guy I have not thought about in like four weeks. Right. Uh, uh, they find out that midnight oil causes asphyxi- asphyxiation. He, they can't breathe. Asphyxiation. I felt like I, I felt like Porky Pig. That's all, folks. Yeah, but that explains Leet Brandis's laryngectomy. And the where other they took guy. out links. Yeah, well, I could I could not remember the other guy's name, so I just yeah, I remember Leet, the best name ever. Leet, and we find out, and we find out that finally Ivchenko's motivation of he wants revenge for Finau because his brother was there and everything else. Um. Then we bounce back to the airport, or not back to the airport, but back to Dottie and Ivchenko, and who arrive at uh. Stark's like garage slash um hangar. Yeah, that's what I was looking right. for. Yeah. Um where Dottie gets out and sees I'm assuming is a mechanic who she instantly kills and walks back to the car and uh if Chenko found out Yeah, things have changed. Shit, I like that line. Uh <laughs> literally in less than twenty seconds or since I left the car, or whatever she says. Yeah, she's like, since I've gotten left the car, things have changed. <laughs> yeah. Like she's like yep. so incredulous about this. She's like, seriously, what the hell changed? Yeah, and literally the mechanic died for no reason. <laughs> well, no, they come back to the hangar later. I would like to assume that he would have been off home by now because he come they come later in the day. And so he died for no reason. Is he a mechanic or is he security? See, that's why I wasn't sure. He was dressed like a mechanic and he was by the plane, so I assumed he was working on the plane. Because I feel like they would have more than one unarmed guy as security. But we didn't see anything like that. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, Howard is going to... uh, Himself as yeah, hold a press conference, you know, saying how awesome he is, which we see a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> to use himself as bait, and he asks uh, to see his uh, inventions, and he walks in and like freaks out about where everything is, right, or where how everything's yeah. being stored. Yeah. It's either too warm, or it should be in the um dark, or it's flipped the wrong way. Right? It's like, um, you would be the only one that would know about that, Howard. You knew when they got picked up. Why did you not come back soon? Yeah. yeah. Plus, he's seen, he's been seeing, he's seen pictures of these through that, uh, camera pen. Exactly. So, I don't, I don't know. Um, but he goes in there specifically, at least, he says, to find the body armor that, uh, stops a 50 caliber round in, at about 100 feet. And right. if you've never seen a fifty caliber round, I looked them up, and they're like those things are like huge. five inches long. Huge. He, you know what? It might stop the bullet, but the pure force of it would throw him back into the wall and kill him anyway. So oh, yeah. Well, it would definitely break something. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah. 
But along with that, he also steals uh, Captain uh, Captain America's blood again, which I thought was you know uh, when I initially I watched it, I thought he was just stealing another weapon that he was going to use and be super cool, but he was not super cool. He was just Howard. Hmm. Yeah, he was stealing the vial of Steve's blood back. Mm-hmm. We go on to the press conference where uh, Howard is. Uh, pretty much acting like how Tony acts when he gets his medal in Iron Man 2. Uh, tries to, <laughs> the guy who humiliated him uh, has to uh, say amazing things, how much of a genius and how humbled they are to be in his presence. Right. <laughs> uh, but the guy gets him back, back and just says, what an annoying little prick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, there are shots from the other... Uh, window from the hotel across the way which i should have known was a trick because howard was standing there unmoving and this it misses by like three feet right yeah, but nope they just assumed that yeah, dotty yeah. was a terrible shot i remember the first time i saw it and i went yeah they're not actually aiming at him I hope not. Although, you know what? We say that, but all the things we've seen in this show so far, not everyone is really as good as where you're supposed to think they are. So it could be true that Dottie's just a really awesome fighter up a very bad shot. That's true. Well, it could have just been part of the, the conversion from the metric system to imperial system, right? Yes. When she was uh, using the scope. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure that's how it works. Let's go with yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we could think that except for she goes across the way and finds a self-shooting rifle which is you know cool but and then howard runs away right in uh to the cop car that he's probably scheduled to go into but instead he runs into he's been taken away by the hypnotized cop the same cop from earlier so okay so this is the thing i wanted to say earlier i just wasn't sure on timing so this this cop they just happened to have him still around so you know ivchenko hypnotized him and sent him away was that always his plan to, to use the cop for something because like it feels like it would probably would have just been easier for them to kill the cop instead of like Right. keeping him around for a plan they didn't know about yet or or was the plan i mean the only thing i could think of is the plan was to actually have the cop fly the plane but mm-hmm. i don't know if he could like like if that was a guarantee that the cop could fly a plane it probably wasn't no. i w- if i were Ryvchenko, i would use the cop i would have planned to have the cop as like backup if they get caught and get chased then you have someone to shoot at the sr and hold them off for a little while but then this opportunity popped up okay that fits i'll go with that i'll take it yeah um yeah i guess uh howard uh tries to uh bribe the hypnotized cop with money and then with a Cadillac and then uh Ro- with Rosalind Russell's home phone number. Uh Rosalind Russell's a famous actress who starred in the movie His Girl Friday, which later Tony names his um his digital assistant, the Jarvis uh successor, uh Friday after that movie. But 
It also makes me curious about something in general for movies and TV. Um, what? It's a common plot point in a lot of sitcoms from like the 80s and 90s where a guy is just trying to get a girl's number. Back then is was to use a, like a euphemism it was the deal closed if you got her number it's like well if you got my number i guess i have to go out with you i never understood mm-hmm. that i don't know same either. here because if this random cop say it worked this random cop just calls this movie star are they going out is that <laughs> so is back that to... how things worked back then <laughs> maybe maybe back then it was kind of like a secret code sort of thing like like in a video game, you know, you enter the, the secret code and now you have unlimited ammo. But in real mm-hmm. life back then, you guess the secret code and now you have a date schedule. Woohoo. That's it. That's all yeah. we get. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um I'm I guess we're lucky that um we don't live in those times. <laughs> Yeah, but um, we find out the date of uh, when this happened is um, I think Al, it's your sixty-second negative birthday, May eighth, nineteen forty-six. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, this is like sixty-two years before you were born on your birthday. Uh, forty-six. Oh yes, because I was going from two thousand two because or two thousand two because I'm an idiot. <laughs> we were born in the same year. <laughs> Yes, but I don't subtract to 1946 very often. <laughs> um, a little tangent. I was getting a quote on this text messaging service for my work so they could do uh, blast texts and not get anyone's replies. Mm-hmm. Um, where they were like, um, for free, it's a limit of 100 texts a month. But we're doing 20 blast text to 50 staff every day so i'm on the um the chat every day and like i'm doing the math i'm just like does this count like one day does that count as tw- uh 20 texts or one text because i need to know if i need to buy for like roughly 20 um messages a day or do they multiply and i went do they multiply to twenty thousand messages a day and the guy responds like uh they would multiply to like 10,000, but okay, teacher. And I'm just like, well, screw you. <laughs> anyway. Maybe you were overestimating on caution. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. Uh, anyway, away from my bad math. Um, this is, I can add one to 1945. This is the one year anniversary of VE Day, so it was 1946. Um, also, uh, they're having a big uh, celebration in Times Square, which is appropriate. Uh, and they're going to possibly gas 100,000 people with the midnight oil. So, yeah. I I forget, what year is this, 1946? Yes, one year after uh, the end of the war. Alright, so it's the one year anniversary. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. And they just forgot. The SSR agents, all of them who were in the war, they just forgot. Oh, that was today. Whoops. We don't have any plans. They're not like... Well, for them, the war is still kind of going on. No. I mean, the war is over. The, I mean, the even Japan ended in August of 1945. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but they're still fighting against things. Well, yeah, they're fighting. It's the very beginning of the Cold War, but they're the actual war was declared over. Uh, the European war was declared over on May 8th, which is a celebration, which I didn't even think about it. Would they be celebrating? Because America was still at war at this time. I understand if, like, Europe celebrated, but wouldn't they celebrate in August when the whole war ended? I don't know. Well, they said VE Day, which is Victory yeah. in Europe Day. So, I guess. I mean, yeah. considering the amount of people that were in Europe, you know, the amount of U.S. citizens, at least, it's something. Mm -hmm. Something to celebrate. That's true. Or maybe that actually does fit. Maybe that's like, well, a lot of people do want to celebrate it, but that's why the SSR agents are like, eh, it's not the big celebration. Like, we're not doing an office potluck or anything. So I guess <laughs> I guess we'll wait a few months for the one in August. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the government officials, the city officials will not uh, stand for that type of ignoring of a giant event because they will not shut down the celebration even though it could literally destroy all of New York if they don't. Well, they did say that it's like at this point they have too many people that they can't. So, you know, I guess at that point it's okay to just let everyone die. It's fair. It's fair. <laughs> well, in 70 years time, they are going to try to destroy all of New York because I think Loki shows up with that, like... 14 aliens i think if i remember the avengers correctly they just tried to throw it all for that it, so it was, i guess they're not overreacting yeah i mean it was as, roughly as many arrows as hawkeye can carry with him so yeah oh so 12 <laughs> <laughs> did you guys ever see that saturday night live know. skit with uh jeremy renner yes oh yeah that was great <laughs> so funny <laughs> um to, to the people yeah. who didn't see or tony were you gonna say one of the lines or no go ahead go ahead so um, quick thing. It was probably twenty because apparently a standard quiver holds twenty years. Mm. Yeah. All right, but Al, you can describe the skit. Oh, uh, <laughs> so the the only line I remember was uh, let's see, he was being interviewed afterwards, and uh, and he said, and they said, uh, oh, um, ah, great. Now now I can't remember. I can't remember the full line. Anyway, the reporter asked, uh, uh, oh, how many arrows did you bring? Twelve. And I killed all 12 aliens. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, more Tony, your memory's a... probably better than mine. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I know it's... yours is better than mine. <laughs> it's like the middle of the battle, and they go, all right, I'm out of ammo, and uh, Captain America lost a shield, and all the Avengers are, Hawkeye, what do you got? It's like, well, I'm out of arrows. It's like, how are you out of arrows? He's like, I, bought, I brought 12 arrows. But I killed 12 guys. So my job is done. <laughs> I'm good. Peace out. Yep. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So back to this. Uh, Jarvis reveals that apparently there's a second vault. Um, which isn't really a vault. It's a garage. The hangar we saw earlier. But it's just like we took literally everything you had. Uh, not everything. <laughs> and then we uh kind of figure uh get a flashback of how Dottie knows about both the uh the first vault and this vault because right. uh six months earlier Howard took her to the vault because <laughs> Howard's a moron <laughs> you know how many women probably knew about that vault 
is there? probably quite a few. So this actually is a good question. When they were when the SSR agents were searching, you know, for Stark, did did they ever just like try to interview women that they knew he was with for a while? Because maybe they would tell them about this vault that they don't know about or other miscellaneous information. Uh, probably, probably not. Probably not because you see how much they think about women at all. Which That's is true. Not very. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they could have figured this out in literally like three days if they just valued women at all, Peggy or any of the women that he slept with. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Just one. Just just. Just any of them, really, would have yeah. would have really moved this along. Yep. Um, yep. You know, so we get uh, to Howard in modern day in that hangar. And Yvchenko walks in and goes uh, to him, The Great Howard Stark. Which is a direct uh, callback to Iron Man 1 when that terrorist guy goes to the great Tony Stark and talks to him about his weapons. Oh, I thought it was a callback to his days as a magician. Well, that too. <laughs> I mean, with that flying car thing, had to be magic. It was, or it was just science. I don't understand yet. <laughs> Which another tangent. I finished uh, Cocaine Dagger, and they kept saying that that magic is just science. We don't understand yet. Officially, my oh. least favorite line in all the MCU. Like <laughs> just, just use magic. It's okay, guys. We we're fine with it, right? I'm I'm really tired of that. Anyway, that's not this. That's years down the line from where we are. <laughs> uh, we find out that uh, Fenhoff's brother was at Fennel, and Fenhoff is the only survivor of Fennel because he's the only one in the entire um battlefield that had a gas mask. So that was convenient for him. <laughs> right? Decidedly inconvenient for Howard, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we know um, that this is then... all just a revenge story. Yep. Uh, yeah, and his goal is to make Howard uh, stu- suffer and not to kill him. Alicia? Yeah, I don't quite understand why... He feels the need to make Tony Stark suffer. Like, I get that the gas originally, the idea for the gas came from Tony Stark's mind. But the problem with that is, he wasn't the one to drop it. And if he was really there for the Battle of Fennel, then he knows that Tony Stark was not happy with that. what happened. Neither was Howard. And it wasn't him that... Exactly. <laughs> uh, that's what I meant, sorry. <laughs> uh, uh, so he, he should know then that that Howard had no intention on this and got really pissed off at the guy who did it. So why not get pissed off at the general who dropped the gas? Cause he was the one that caused what happened. It's not Howard Stark's fault that somebody jacked his shit and then used it. True. But without, if Howard destroyed this or didn't invent it at all, he would have he or no not destroyed but if he didn't invent at all no one would have come up with this so i i don't agree with it because i don't want howard to die but i understand where he's coming from it's much like in civil war i mean exactly the same thing as civil war (laughs) (laughs) when um what's his name 
I can't remember his name. I'm the bad guy. Zemo. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Uh, Zemo is taking out on the Avengers and Tony uh, for destroying his family when it really is Ultron's fault. But Tony created and Banner created Ultron. So I understand you can't, he can't uh, get revenge on the general who did do it because the general's already dead. So you got to get revenge on someone. Hmm. Or you, you don't have to get revenge on someone. But yeah, in, in, in their mind, you have to get revenge on someone. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like it, it, it feels too narrow. Like all up until now, we kept thinking, oh, they were just trying to attack the U.S. Like whoever this was, mm-hmm. they just wanted, you know, some something. Right. And it's also the beginning of the Cold War, too. So there's, you know, those tensions and however all that stuff is going to end up going down later on. But, you know, it's, it's early days on that stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden, no, no, the, the bad guy just just really hates Stark. Well, that kind of feels a bit like a letdown. Like all of a sudden it's it's targeted at one person instead of the country or something like that. It's still yeah. bad. It's still going to kill a bunch of people, but yeah. Right. Yeah. What we got to do really is to break down and realize how many coincidences actually let this happen. Because <laughs> if fe- a lot. Yeah, if uh, Howard never reached out to Peggy, d- having Dottie there would be pointless. If Peggy wasn't there to um to get Fenhoff out of the Red Room base, whatever you call it, then Fenhoff would never be there. If Stark didn't come back and decide to come clean and use himself for bait, none of this would happen. This is a real Jabba um Jabba's palace situation, <laughs> where if you look at that plan, it makes absolutely no sense either. Oh god, no. <laughs> Wait, what's up with so. with the the plan with Jabba? What was this? I've, I've um, never heard this. So, are, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I guess I've also just uh, never thought about it too. Okay, what what's what's their plan initially in Star in Return of the Jedi? To get Han Solo back. So they sent Lando there about a year beforehand. If you go with the old canon, they haven't put in the new canon, but say a year. Um. They put Lando there to do absolutely nothing. They try to trade the droids for him. Mm-hmm. He um, he says no. So uh, they try to sneak him out. He gets caught. Chewie gets caught. Leia gets caught. And then Luke comes in and gets essentially caught. If any of those things didn't happen, if any of them did not get caught, then the plan would not have worked the way it did. So, if... Hmm. Okay. So, I guess in my mind, I always thought that the plan was just to get all the people there, the characters in the same area, and then at some point just kind of wing it in terms of getting Luke the lightsaber and and going from there. Um, But okay. Oh, yeah, and if but mm-hmm. for that to work, um, why didn't Luke come in and just cut up the place in the first place? Why did they put the um, the lightsaber in R two before he shows up? Okay, guess that fits. Yeah. All right. 
maybe they go into this really deep in Star Wars a minute where they realize this plan makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have to think about it some more, but I okay, I'll think about it some more. We'll talk about this someday. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it will come up <laughs> someday, somehow. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, back to this. Uh, due to uh many strange events uh howard is hypnotized into thinking he's saving cap from the north pole you know the deadly monster the north pole <laughs> so, because he finds out oh go ahead Al. oh i i was just gonna i mean it's, it's a little bit over what you were about to say but uh it, it seems like ivchenko is really good at hypnotizing people like really fast is this a superpower mm-hmm. like i would think so because if you look at when they use this method later it takes like days to break agent 33 exactly like so so I'm, i was trying to figure out like it could could this have been something like i don't know something else that they just never decide to talk about or really explain but they they kind of make it sound like he's just really good at what he does but but no he's just like able to get people to do whatever in a matter of seconds yeah, I'm I'm wondering if it's something to do with that ring he twists, if it's, you know, science we don't understand or um you mean magic. What? Oh yeah, I forgot <laughs> the word. I'm sorry. I've been watching too much Marvel. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, yeah, there's plenty of magic rings uh in the comics. I mean, the Mandarin has 10 of them. That's how he gets his powers. But, I mean, it would make sense if that ring were magic, but we get no clues towards that at all. He's just twisting the ring and telling him to focus. So, it doesn't... Like a lot of things in the show, it doesn't make complete sense. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, so they just, um, the, uh... The Carter crew shows up. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Peggy and the Cartmones uh, show up. And um, they uh, realize that Howard's already gone and that they might have to use one of his dozen other planes to shoot him down. Oh, no. Unfortunately, unfortunately uh, Sousa's got a bum leg. Uh, Thompson's never flown a pain, and Carter's a lady, so none of them can fly except for Jarvis. So yeah, so Jarvis goes up and try and might have to shoot down Howard over the water. Um, and as Peggy infiltrates the hangar, and by you know herself. this was a very tense part of the episode. I had no mm-hmm. idea what was going to happen because I don't know what happens to Stark if he lives later or not. Right, he could have he could have died at any moment in 1991, couple days before Christmas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if if they had put if anyone other than Stark or Carter, like anyone, mm-hmm. could have potentially died here, and and it would have been surprising. But no, they they put one of the yeah. two characters that we know is not going to die. Yeah, great. Yeah, they could put. Yeah. It might have been like, well, who would we care about? Like, Sousa can't fly because of his bum leg. Not even joking. And I would be conflicted. I wouldn't really care if Thompson died and we're out of named characters. Well, Jarvis, he could have died. 
Like, no, he could have been the person who was Jarvis. stolen. And Stark could have been the person who would have had to shoot him down. Yeah. I, w- I-, I was going to say um, that uh, Tony has to know Jarvis and name his machine after Jarvis. But as you've said in the past, Al, Howard probably just names all his butlers Jarvis, regardless of what their real names are. Yeah. Terrible. So <laughs> if I ever have a butler, I will name him Alfred. I won't. <laughs> Good call. Good call. <laughs> anyway, uh, Peggy infiltrates um, in because, you know, Fenoff's on the radio, very important, and Dottie's just pacing, not important at all. Right. And I feel like she um, should be more on guard. Yeah. And, but Peggy luckily takes this opportunity to shoot them or the radio. Should have. Or not, because she's stupid. Right, <laughs> and uh, she approaches with a gun, lets him know that they're there, um, which gives both Fenhoff the opportunity to hypnotize her, possibly, which he doesn't do, or she he, she just walks right up to Dottie and Dottie kicks the um gun out of her hand, just like Peggy did to Thompson a couple episodes before. <laughs> so, another instance of our characters learning nothing from what has happened before. <laughs> And then we get a good fight scene. Um, well, not a terrible fight scene. Probably the best fight scene of the series with Peggy and Dottie um, fighting hand-to-hand, then what ribbon-to-hand or whatever fabric that was, and then fabric-to-knife, and then bat, and then Peggy just kicks her out the window because mm-hmm. I'm really good at this action-y stuff. Yay! <laughs> yeah. And then we uh, get a quick shot of um, Sousa and um, Thompson, like, walking back after how uh, after Jarvis is in the air, which makes me think, why wasn't Sousa backing up Peggy? Don't know. He, I don't know what he was doing. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't <laughs> know what he was doing either. Was he... Um, Maybe looking like in other areas for uh, Ivchenko and Dottie, like they split up to find them faster. Because so it always works that well. I I don't remember when this happens in the episode, but at some point I remember. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. I'm good. <laughs> no. Um. At some point, Thompson says to Souza, "Um, don't let him talk, or you know, or he, you're dead, basically, right? Or you're." under control mm-hmm. i don't know if that was before or after this scene um if it's it after was the scene. it was after the scene so then what were both yeah. of them doing at the time well thompson was helping get the plane off the ground maybe you know removing those little triangle blocks that stopped the plane and mm-hmm. guiding him kind of aircraft control style out i will i'll give thompson the benefit of the doubt because he's the last person we saw with jarvis Oh, okay. Sousa, I have no idea. (laughs) Well, he must have just been hanging out in that area, because later Mm -hmm. in the the episode, there's that scene with Thompson telling Sousa that thing. So they have to have been together somewhat. So Sousa was just standing out of the side, drinking a coffee while everyone else is doing work. That seems like a more of a Thompson thing to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It actually seems more of a Kaminsky thing to do, but he's dead. (laughs) Well, wasn't Sousa promoted to the... I forget what the phrase was. Oh, yeah, was. He, he is like top yo-yo or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I Whatever guess he's just means. living up to his new promotion. Yeah. 
because now Thompson is apparently the chief forever because no one has come in to replace him and he's just calling all the shots. Right. So, so I know that he... I was going to say, I know that's how it works. Like battlefield promotions. If like your, your Lieutenant dies, you might get promoted, but is that how it works in a government capacity? Government I... agency? I have no idea. If we have any listeners who work for the DMV, let us know. Only the DMV. So. That's the first one that came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it happens there. Or S.H.I.E.L.D., because they probably use stuff from the SSR. So if we have any S.H.I.E.L.D. agents listening, we would be glad to know. Or or HYDRA, because they used to work for S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. I'll take either. Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> Definitely a source of knowledge on the topic, uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Avengers, like the Avengers might know. So, if any Avengers listen to this, we don't want any of that Defender bullcrap. So, <laughs> keep keep your calls to yourself, Matt Murdock. Still oblivious. <laughs> Revengers are okay too. Oh yeah, I'll definitely take a call from any other Avengers, <laughs> especially Korg. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> All right. Um. So after she uh defeats um Dottie and Evchenko escapes, uh Peggy gets on the call on the radio to try to talk Howard down in a complete flashback from Captain America: The First Avenger. Hmm. So even in her own TV show, she's still not the most important person there. <laughs> yeah. Sucks. Mm-hmm. And then um Fenhoff uh stupidly or takes did I, I wrote Sousa. I can't remember. Did he take Sousa or Thompson down with a metal pipe? I think he took Thompson down. Thompson. He took Thompson down. Sousa mm-hmm. came in with the earplugs. Yeah. Yeah. He came uh yeah. Uh, Sousa lets uh, Fenhoff talk and oh no he gets hypnotized and Sousa knocks him down with metal pipe I didn't put enough antecedents didn't know who I was talking about with all of his, the hisses um, no yeah. uh, Sousa doesn't attack anyone with the yeah. with the metal pipe Oh, uh, he knocks out Ivchenko with the gun that he has but yeah, that's because Sousa had the stuff in his, in his ears it so he, he wouldn't have been he he wouldn't have been controller. He wasn't. Um, okay. Uh, Did Ivchenko someone get knocked just... by metal pipe? Yeah, Thompson yes. got knocked yeah. down, knocked down by uh, okay by uh, Ivchenko. Ivchenko. Yep. Okay. Okay. I just assume Ivchenko hypnotizes everybody, so the metal pipe <laughs> thing's like out of the ordinary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and but as we already talked, kind of hinted that um, Sousa comes in and. Starts letting Thompson's or Thompson, god damn it, Ivchenko <laughs> speak <laughs> and uh, starts, we think, getting hypnotized because in my mind, we're trained enough that the SSR is that stupid, to just let Ivchenko do whatever he wants. Mm, I don't think so. Suze's ch- tends to be one of the smarter of them. After all, yeah. he figured out Peggy. He did. Because remember, there's only one brunette in all of New York City at the time. Right. So. <laughs> Alicia, did you have something for this part, though? Uh, you mean the earplugs? 
yeah oh yeah i just i was amused because i it was like oh that would totally be something i would do but that like it's not something you think of during the movie or the tv show uh but the fact that he plays it off so well like he seems to be actually be listening to chinko i was like that's a it's it's a little bit of a stretch to like have him do what he did because it's like you he super gave off the impression he was listening to him like how would he know to aim his gun at thompson like i get that would be a thing that bad guys do but still like there's things leading up to it that i was like um okay i get the earplug thing that's that was cute but the shit you did beforehand makes me think that perhaps you didn't have the earplugs in because you had to have actually heard what he said in order to do what that happened so i don't know it was it's irritating for me i get what you're saying if they set up that like he could uh read lips or something Mm -hmm. earlier yeah i would accept this a lot better but no No, guess not but so it was like I, i liked i liked the the fake out like uh okay i got really close to you and because he he can fire from far away but that doesn't mean he's gonna actually like succeed in things but the fact that he gets all the way up, he like fakes it all the way till he can get close enough to whack him with the gun that was amusing but everything else is just like eh. mm-hmm. so yeah it it did get trick me to think that yes he was actually being hypnotized and they're like god damn it <laughs> But Susa, you're right, is smarter, apparently. I just didn't trust him. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, another flash after they knock out and then capture Evchenko. Um, to Steve, not Steve, to Howard and Peggy talking on the radio. And Howard's kind of admitting that Steve was the one good thing that he ever did. Which Jerk. totally explains totally explains that uh, tony's complex towards them right because yeah and uh jarvis catches up to him with only one mile to go to new york city um i researched this for a while and couldn't even find out what kind of plane that they were planes they were flying but how how long does it take to get go one mile in the airplane well no they catch him at one mile right yeah he said i caught him with uh one they were one mile away it's from a prop plane, right? like new york yes uh here let me find out uh like a 1940s style prop plane because they've existed since the 20s the 40s would be later um if if jarvis shot him down right there wouldn't the wind still bring the gas to new york mm-hmm Aren't they just screwed anyway? If the anyway? wind is going that direction, would it, it would have, but it don't always guarantee it does. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, I mean, it, I guess it depends on how concentrated it would need to be. Because, like, if it's so spread out, maybe it's not as powerful at that point. But at the same time, are we sure it would have gone into the air? What if it, wouldn't it have just crashed? Or, like, is it possible that it, like, the plane wouldn't have blown up when it was shot, right? It would have, it would have been shot and then he would have spiraled into the ocean. So yeah. then it would have been wildlife that would have gotten affected by this. <laughs> Maybe a, like a higher than average shark attack um, things in, off the coast of New York. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And if there were any Fair. like tornadoes going by, that just would have been a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> a full sharknado situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So 
Peggy uh, convinces Howard to like let go of Steve's memory. Um, she realizes that kind of on the nose, like that she needs to let go of him as well. And then uh, she actually talks Howard down, which is something that she couldn't do for Steve. Um, yeah, and so everyone uh, wins, except for uh, they look where Dottie fell off, and she's heavily bleeding, but she somehow Wait. still escaped. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of blood from what looked like a head or neck wound from the first time Wait. they saw her. Okay, so the internet does but, not give yeah. me an easy answer for that, so... Right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying earlier. I looked for a while. All right. All right. Well. Yeah. Um. Then we get like the like what I call the aftermath, like the end of the main plot of the mm. season. Um. Jarvis and Howard come back, and Howard uh traumatizes Jarvis with a hug. <laughs> Jarvis him. is like, "What do I do with this? What do I do? What do I do?" I've never been hugged before. At least not by Howard. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, my stance this whole time is I don't want to touch Howard. It's just <laughs> gross. So maybe that's what he's thinking about. It's possible. And then we go to the next morning of the SSR where uh, Peggy gets a standing ovation, which is, you know, good to see everyone finally respecting her. That would be her valediction, hence the title of the episode. You know. Oh, what was She's the title of the validated. episode? Valediction. Oh, validation. She's validated. Oh, valid. Yeah, <laughs> val validation. Um, yeah, and then uh, the sender comes in and does a predictable thing: credits a man for all the work that Peggy did. So I didn't think about it until now, but it's like even worse than what it looks like because five seconds earlier, everyone clapped right? for Carter. Mm -hmm. So like everyone is in on just getting rid of her, uh, yeah, her contribution. Right. It's like her nobody credit. sticks yeah. up yeah. for us. It's like, um, guys, guys. Yeah. Thompson just accepts it because he changed a little bit, but not enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, uh, but yeah, Susan actually wants to go in there and tell her off, which is, you know, decent, right. more decent than any other man in the office. Yeah. But Peggy tells him not to, cause she finally knows her value moral of the story. <laughs> and then, uh, Susan asks Peggy out and Peggy says, um, she's busy because she's got to move into a new sex house with her <laughs> friend, Angie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope those sheets have been. Changed. They're not having sex, I but really every. <laughs> I'm sure Jarvis freaking burns the um like mattress and bed every time because they can afford That's to buy a new accurate. one every time. So. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, Angie um is excited. I don't a hundred percent know why angie's moving in with them other than she's their friend yeah her friend well i thought that because i thought that they they said that um uh carter was the reason that she got kicked out there was something well, about angie being kicked out of the griffith but i don't yeah, remember i don't understand now. why she got kicked out because the last we saw was her crying and the 
the matron of the house or whatever her name is totally bought it. Yeah, so I don't like... know why she got kicked out. Hmm. Oh, maybe it was Carter being like, oh, well, thank you so much for helping me, you know, trying to escape. It ended up not mattering and got caught by the SSR anyway. But hey, thanks mm-hmm. for the help. That's it. That's all I yeah. got. Yeah. As long as we get more Angie, because she's actually a character I really like in this show. <laughs> she's kind of um, like, I can't remember her name. Uh, Jane Foster's assistant in the first two Thor movies. She doesn't really have anything to do, but she's like, she's really enjoyable when she's on screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Jarvis, as a like, thank you, stole um, Stevie's blood from Howard and returns it to Peggy. So um, Peggy gets to finally have her own little funeral for um, Steve off the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, I uh, I was not a fan of that. <laughs> I was like, why would you do? Well, well I like I love the that scene, scene, yeah, but the the pouring it off the Brooklyn Bridge is like, why the Brooklyn Bridge? It's not like they had any history there. Steve's right, from Brooklyn. They didn't have any history there, so it's it's just, it's just it's one of those things. Like, if you're gonna do that, why not go somewhere that you have the history for it? Like that, you guys spent time together. Like the the camp they trained at, or whatever, where he got changed. Well, in my mind, it's like there was no body for Steve, so he didn't get buried buried anywhere, as far as I know. Um, so this is the closest to then him, why like returning she not home. Find like his house or something, and like do it near there. The the Brooklyn Bridge, like it just is like. I don't know the fact that he fell into the water. You think she didn't want to return him to the water? Like it just it it's it's it was silly to me. I like the sentiment, okay. but well, they they did I have just didn't, I didn't like the spot. Didn't they have a little bit of history in somewhere in New York? I don't know if it was in Brooklyn or somewhere because there was that that one scene, like the day of the operation or the whatever it was called the operation where he became Op- Super operation Soviet. rebirth yeah that one like there was that car ride and they were talking about stuff yeah like, i got beat up there and in that alley and all that stuff that episode, that scene um yeah i mean there is a little bit of history there but i feel like uh, to play devil's advocate, to play a little bit of on alicia's side they didn't have a real connection there yeah that was their first conversation which is a little bit of memory, but they spent a lot more time in Europe and fighting than in Brooklyn. Yeah, and you'd think if but, if she really has yeah. uh, the the contacts with Howard, she could have probably gone to one of those locations relatively easily. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. All right. Well. All I know is that uh, some fish out there probably has a super soldier serum. So we got to watch out for that in the future episode. Damn Namor. I know, right? <laughs> and no, he's a mutant, which soon will come to the MCU. So mm-hmm. we'll be able to talk about it. <laughs> See what happens there. I'm still curious yeah, and then what we... Disney does, but okay. Yeah. Then uh, finally on the season finale, we get our first post credit scene, which we get uh, Faustus. Uh, meeting his new cellmate in SSR prison. Who, uh, yeah, well, Ivchenko and Faustus and Fenhoff, all the same person. Okay. Yeah, um, 
Uh, he meets um, Arnim Zola from the first Avenger and Winter Soldier. So we get the little connection of how he uh, brought Hydra, the brainwashing technology they used in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Winter Soldier. So it's all connected. Oh, I did not put two and two together there. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense because he, I mean, Azola kind of resurrects Hydra. So it might be a stretch that it brought the Soviet stuff, but the Soviet stuff was Hydra as well, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. All the Winter Soldier yeah. stuff? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so I would assume they used the same method. Anyway, wrapped. We've wrapped up season season one of Agent I was Carter. Say you almost Yay. did what I did. Unless... <laughs> <laughs> no, I messed up on the word season. I almost called uh, it series one of Agent Carter, no. which we're not in Britain. So, well, she's British. It's kind of close. It fits. Yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> Take it back. I was right the whole time. <laughs> uh, woo. Woo All right. Like the time I restarted the Alrighty. tank. And cool. So are we good? Oh, Anyone else have anything else to bring up? Talk about for agent about Agent Carter? Because I guess after this we're uh, done, for, done for a while. For... Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I can do this. Uh, oh yeah, we were done for a while. <laughs> I can do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> we we have to get we got to go yeah, through. Yeah, we got some we'll time. A lot. We got. I know we've got Daredevil in there, which is. Yeah, we do. We have <laughs> we have the next seven episodes of Agents of Shield. Uh, 13 episodes of Daredevil, so that's at 20. Then we have two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so 22. We have the Age of Ultron, two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 24. Ant-Man, uh... Well, Agent Carter, sorry, nine... we'll see you in a year and a half, or something like that. Right? I was like, <laughs> we got we got a long way to go, because we'll we gotta see, get We'll see a little bit of Peggy and Ant-Man. Jessica but... Jones before yeah, we Yeah, bitches! I love Jessica Jones. Ah! More for you to cut! Nope, I don't cut bitches. <laughs> There's only two words I cut. That's There's only two words. I never cut out shit. I never cut out bitches. I never cut out ass. There are two other words I cut. <laughs> but I'm not going to say because I'll have to cut them. I was like, I was like, and they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Anyway, let's one sign off before one be of us cuts. a challenge for me <laughs> to figure out which words Tony will cut that aren't like. Well, you know one of them. I know one of them, yes. I want to find other this ones, is, random ones. This is like that episode of Futurama where at the end Bender has a bomb inside of him and he's trying to guess the <laughs> word to make the bomb go off because now it's voice activated. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, a word you'll episode. never say. <laughs> Spicoli. Gratuitous. Alrighty. So <laughs> I guess with that, let's just <laughs> let's just uh, cut off. <laughs> so I think our longest episode yet since we our early 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 rambling episodes so let's oh, just goodness, yeah let's just continue to ramble anyway so <laughs> superfluous <laughs> all right everyone uh, listen next week when we start talking about agents of shield again we'll start at episode 11 of season two aftershocks scrum diliantius <laughs> and as always please remember to follow us on twitter at mcu underscore rewind and please give us a rating on itunes or your favorite podcast app assuming you like this magnanimous we'll subject you to more of tony's random words <laughs> <laughs> um and uh oh god <laughs> all right you, you threw me off tony <laughs> indubitably <All> right, this... <laughs> 
damn it. This is Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Agent Carter, Season 1, Episode 8, Valediction, signing off. Have a magnificently marvelous day. <laughs> Someday, when I'm awfully low, when the world is cold, I will feel a glow just thinking of you. And the way you look tonight Oh, but you're lovely With your smile so warm And your cheeks so soft 